One of our guest speakers, Jerry Benjamin, once said this, Jesus is all that we need. The only trouble is we don't know that he is all that we need until he is all that we have. Do you think there's something of you, from you, that is of good to go along with Jesus? Listen, Jesus is all that you need, but you're never going to know or understand this until he is all that you have. Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. In preparing for today's episode, I, um, you know, I was thinking through different options and some things that I, I definitely think we will be doing in the future. Uh, and but the Lord just worked in my heart and just really insisted that I put this aside and and uh, and do something else to just speak of the simplicity and purity that is to be ours in Christ. We need to be reminded of this daily. And um, today I was with a friend, uh, and you know he's a. Uh, I would say that he is is one of my mentors. He is uh, someone that I look to as being a um, really a, a spiritual leader and and uh, even even kind of a giant. And in our conversation, he asked me a question. And, you know, it comes from a time of personal trial that he's going through. And I'm, as I think on it, I'm kind of taken back that even he needs to be encouraged by others in Christ. Even he struggles. And what is it that he struggles with? Well, with the very thing that, that I want to talk about today. And I want to start with this question. Do you have what God has to give? In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, we read this, Then the Lord God formed man from dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. You know, we've looked at this passage a lot. If you've ever been in one of my classes or um, have have been somewhere where I've I've spoke. You you've heard me talk about this verse and the the you know and the necessity for us as believers to have a good strong understanding of at least the three first chapters of the Bible, in order to really understand what Scripture is saying, because we can we can take all things that we learn in Scripture, take it back to the first three chapters of the Bible as a measuring stick as to whether I'm interpreting these verses correctly. And we see in the beginning that God is always intended for man to live out his image by him living his image out of us. It's got nothing to do with us trying to comprehend and achieve in and of our own selves. And I know many of you have heard this before. And, it's, and this is to be a reminder of what we've heard with the question, do we have what God has given? One of our alumni who later on in life served on permanent staff for a few years, 
came back for his second year. The reason for coming back is because he and his family had gone through some really difficult things. And it was hurtful. And they were hurt by other believers. And it was, it really was a, a traumatic thing. And so he decided he would come back for a second year just to be around believers that he, I guess, trusted, go back to a place where he had been encouraged, and just to, just to, to get something that he knew he needed. At the end of that second year, he stood in front of the student body, and he shared just a little bit of this with us all. And then he made this statement that he's come to realize that it's not what we can receive from God, but that we receive God himself. Do you have what God has to give? Now, if you've been to his hill or one of the torchbearer centers, if you've listened to any of the torchbearer speakers, you've heard at some point us use and speak from Galatians 2.20. That's what I'm going to do now. And those of you who have been in my class, you're probably already laughing, saying uh, you're not surprised. But I want us to spend some time in this chapter and then in the next and just remind ourselves of the truths that we need to be confident of. Galatians 2.20, familiar verse, where Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Three times in this verse, we find the word live our life. Are we living? We were looking at this verse just a few weeks ago in the beginning of the school year. One of our students came up to me and she, there were several students that had comments, wanted to talk about some things after class, and she patiently waited until she was really the last student. She walked up to me and she said this, Kelly, I just want you to know that after looking at Galatians 2.20 and thinking through what you were saying, I've come to understand what this means. I've come to realize that I have not been given an ability to be like Jesus, but I've been given Jesus. His very life is my life. Maybe a lot of you that are listening to this have been there, but life now <laughs> is far from that realization. It's far from perfect. But as we go on down in chapter 3 and verse 3, we see this. Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? This perfection that we've been given in Christ, is it dependent now, you know, having, be, 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 having begun by the Spirit? Is it now 
to be perfected by our flesh. Once had a gentleman in our church that really struggled with and dug deep. You know, he, he wanted to live the life that God had given him. He wanted to be that mature believer. He wanted to be that one that, that could say with Paul, for me to live is Christ. And he was constantly coming to me with questions, constantly coming to me with challenges after lessons and sermons and, 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 and wanting to understand things. And then out of frustration one day, after constantly coming to talk to me about this, one day coming to me at the, after the service and said this, Kelly, do I just fake it until I make it? Is that how this is done? And I looked at him and I said, brother, do you know what your problem is? He said, no, tell me what's my problem. And I said, brother, you need to get over you. And I say that from experience. Daily coming to that realization that I need to get over me. If I continue to look to me, to be like Jesus, then I will never be like Jesus. If I continue to look to me to accomplish the things that Scripture says need to be true in my life, I will never know these things. Because it is not from me that these things come to be. I've got to get over me. One of our guest speakers, Jerry Benjamin, once said this, Jesus is all that we need. The only trouble is we don't know that he is all that we need until he is all that we have. Do you think there's something of you, from you, that is of good to go along with Jesus? Listen, Jesus is all that you need, but you're never going to know or understand this until he is all that you have. You and I have got to get over me. So some of you are possibly saying, you know, this sounds good, great, or I've heard this before. I agree with this. Now, how does this become a reality in my life? I was teaching once in another school and students all week were coming up to me and asking this question. How? 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 I've never really, I don't think I've ever experienced it to this degree where so many students were coming up asking how, how, how? And all week we were studying the book of Hebrews. All week I kept telling them, I'm going to tell you how, but not yet. I'm going to tell you how, but not yet. And just saying that all week, you know, it was building up to something. And then on the last day, in the last class, our second to last class, I, I brought this up. And I told them, listen, all week you've been asking me how. All week I've been telling you, I'm going to tell you, but not yet. Well, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you now. At that moment, there was a section in the classroom where several of students' heads popped up. They grabbed their pens, ready to take, take this down, take the notes down. Okay, this is how we're going to do this. 
And I read from chapter 10 at the end where we are reminded that we are to live by faith. And collectively, I saw this group of students all put their pen back down with a look of disappointment on their face and just exhale with frustration. Is that an accurate description of how we respond to being told that this life we're so desperate for is by faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? What about this faith? Well, down in verse 11 here of chapter 3 in Galatians, we read this. Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident. For the righteous man shall live by faith. I was going through a dark time once. Had a lot of questions. And I was working through these things and just continually ending up frustrated. Charlie McCall, the director of His Hill, and I were driving into San Antonio, going to the bookstore. Driving down I-10, and I just decided I'm just going to let, I'm just going to pour my heart out to Charlie. So I'm just going to let him hear it all. And he patiently sat there while he was driving, listening to my, my long question. When I finally finished my story and got to my question, you know, Charlie, what do I do? Charlie began by saying, well, Kelly, and I thought, okay, here it comes. Here comes the answer. Here, come, here comes my help. And He went on to say, we can never get away from faith. And I got to tell you, I was so angry. <laughs> disappointed and frustrated with that with that answer i remember thinking to myself oh come on come on charlie that's what you got all that fancy education for is just to give me that answer and he left me with that and i couldn't get away from it, it kept going through my head going through my head i can never get away from faith i can never get away from faith i can never get away from faith and as i'm thinking through this I remember sitting in my car and it was as though the Lord was asking me a question, just working in my heart. If I take away everything from you, if I take away your wife and your children, Kelly, if I take away your position, your teaching, your preaching, if I take all these things away from you, Will you have everything you want? And I remember thinking, well, that's not right, Kelly. That's not a good question. It's not, will I have everything I want? It's, will I have everything I need? And it was like the Lord said, no, Kelly. Will you have everything you want? And I remember thinking to myself, well, now, if you took all these things away from me, Lord, I would have nothing but you. And then I realized that I had been drawing my identity as a teacher of the Bible. I had been drawing my identity from other things and not from Christ. My faith, my identity, my confidence, 
was in all these other things that God had given me, but not in Christ. You see, Jesus is all that we need. The trouble is, we don't know that he's all that we need until he's all that we have. It's not wrong. Don't misunderstand me. Not wrong to be married. No, it's a wonderful thing from God. Not wrong to have children, a wonderful thing from God. Not wrong to be, you know, in, engaged in, in, in the, the work that the Lord has laid before us because the Lord has laid it before us. But it's wrong for any of these things, any of these people, to take the place of Jesus in our life. Our faith, our total dependence, is not to be anywhere else but with Jesus. So we see that we are given a life of perfection by faith. I once received a phone call in the middle of the day from an alumni, and he was having a hard time. He was sitting in class in college, and all of a sudden was just overwhelmed with just darkness. It's a long story. I won't go into it, but he he knew he just could not stay in the room in in in, the, in class. And he just jumped up, ran out of class, down the hall, and out the doors, jumped in his car and took off. Picked up his phone and he called me. I answered the phone and Found out who it was, and oh, well, hey, great to hear from you. He says, Kelly, I'm having a horrible day. I said, what's wrong? He told me what was going on. And I said, well, listen, brother. Remember this. If you've placed your faith in Christ, you're his. You've been made complete. There's nothing more to add. All of his life indwells you. And this is for all time. The things that you are struggling with, These things are not Lord of you. These things are under the one who is the head of all rule and authority. You are his. He took a deep breath. He exhaled. And he said this. This is why I called you. I needed to be reminded. I needed to be reminded of what is true. That Jesus is my life. Maybe you're going through a tough time. Maybe some kind of depression or you're overcome by your circumstances. And I I know, very much know what that's like. Listen, the Lord uses these times to remind us of our need of Him and His faithfulness in Christ. So remember, it's not about what you can receive from God, but by faith in Christ, the fact that you receive God himself. So breathe or live in this perfection of Christ by faith. Thanks for listening. And remember, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. 
Our annual Thanksgiving conference is coming up in just a few weeks. Thanksgiving lunch is now full and other meals are filling up quickly. If you are interested in joining us during Thanksgiving week, please give us a call at our office at 830-995-3388 to register for sessions or inquire about availability for meals and lodging. If you cannot make it to the conference, you can still listen online to our speakers, Peter Reed and Peter Thomas during Thanksgiving week. Check out our website and Facebook page during the conference for live and recorded sessions. Thank you again for tuning into the His Hill podcast this week. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on him, alumni. He is good. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Lizzie, and we'll see you next week.